0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ball's got to go right. Look out. They may score on this play. Mentoring. Johnson decides to come back in field. Johnson gets dancing. Johnson no way. No way! No way. Johnson has run over to score. This is incredible. This is ridiculous. This is 15 out of 10 of the incredible motor. What about the last five minutes? Thank you to the football gods for letting us watch this.
1: Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook weekly wrap for round 20 of the NRL. Here with uh, Waltz from uh, SC Playbook. And going to have a look at uh, all the games from the round, have a look at some of the super coach implications and just my general thoughts on the NRL. So Friday night, the Knights taking it out, 34 points to 18 winners over the Tigers. My thoughts is probably it was a pretty decent effort from the Tigers to generate 18 points uh, because they don't – they're just in a position now where they just don't generate any points from their halves. So most teams would really struggle if you said to them, you know, You've got to try and win a game without generating any points from your halfback or your 5'8". That's where they're at at the moment, unfortunately. I thought it showed just what a special player Buller is, and I think Tim Sheen's recognised that in the press conference. So there's a lot of stuff going on at the Tigers, if you you believe all the press that you read. It's really disappointing for a young player like... And if they're not careful, they might have a situation where they may lose some of these really good young players that they've got coming through, uh, because the club can't get it all together. You know, reminiscent of when they had uh, Moses uh, Brooks, Tedesco, and just can't think of the other one, but they had all those players, and they lost three out of the four of them, and only kept Brooks. So, yeah, it's an interesting time if you're a Tigers fan. So. But, yeah, in terms of Bull, I just think looking forward to 2024, he's going to be a serious proposition if they can find a halfback from somewhere. I know they're looking over at Super League now. They might be trying to grab the young Finu, who's pretty young. But, I mean, Redcliffe, the Dolphins showed that you can do it this year with Katoa from the Panthers. They grabbed him and he's played all right. It's pretty hard to ask him to play a full season. But... Certainly, uh, they need to do something in the halfback position. In terms of the Knights, I mean, it's good for them to put two big wins together. Look like they were going to absolutely rinse them again uh, at the start. Ponga's just class, uh, but I just don't think with players like Jack Hetherington and Tyson Gamble that they can make a run for the eight. I just think it's a bit pass them, even though they're going well in this soft part of the draw and their left side is very lethal, you know, with Best and Marzu and Ponga is really hit form now. It seems like those concussion problems, touch wood, are in the background for him. Uh, Dom Young's killing it. But, yeah, just Gamble just overplays a little bit for my liking. He takes a few of the wrong options. Uh, Hastings is a pretty good halfback, pretty good player. And their forwards are, are reasonably good as well. But I just think, yeah, certainly I'd be giving Jack Hetherington a few weeks on the sideline, particularly after getting Sinbin, you know, two or th- uh, maybe two weeks in a row for, you know, slapping blokes and that. that. That's just really poor discipline. He's just going to get baited big time next time he goes out to play in the NRL. Okay, having a look at a few of the scores. Ponga, obviously huge. I think most people would have VC'd or captained him outright. I captained him outright, so I was really happy with the 137. Uh, Dom Young, 109. Greg Marzu, 102. Doreen Buller, 79. Most people would have sold him by now, but really good effort from him in a losing team. Isaiah papalii So I had to toss up between... Selling Preston and Papali, and both of them went pretty well this week. But I ended up selling Preston mainly because he had, he was worth fifty thousand more. So, uh, and I just believe a bit more in Isaiah Papali. He, even though he's not getting fed much ball by the halves, but yeah, when he got the ball, he showed what he could do. Seventy two points. So consideration there, whether I keep him or um, try and move him up to I'd say a David Fafita, which I need to get into my side. Johnny Bateman, 69. That's solid. So I guess the question's coming out of that game. Is Ponga a must-have? And do you play him at fullback or 5'8"? At the moment, I've got him at 5'8", and I'm pretty happy with that. I'm running with um, Ponga and Munster, and I'm happy to see that out for the run home, I think, Uh, even though I I know that they're going through a soft part of the draw, and Ponga's not going to score as high as he has the last couple of weeks, but he's always capable. He can skin even the best of teams. So um I think I'm going to ride it through with Ponga. And uh, if you don't have him, then, yeah, I'd probably be looking to get him in. He's probably getting fairly expensive now too. So this might be a purple patch that he's gone through. So be aware he's not going to, you know, he, he might score some hundreds, but I don't think they'll be big hundreds like the last couple have been. Uh, Bateman and Ipap, yeah, I think they should finish the season pretty well. I've said that a fair way out, but just depending on them not getting too frustrated playing in this Tigers team. Dom Young's tempting as a pod purchase, but they've got a harder draw coming up. So I think that the tries could dry up a little bit, even though they're playing pretty good attack and footy. Uh, I'd I'd be betting on the tries, Drying up a little bit for Dom Young, so I'd probably give him a miss as a pod play. Okay, on to Super Saturday, and this was a pretty interesting game actually at Belmore. There's a good crowd there, and I thought the Bulldogs competed really well with the Broncos, but the Broncos just showed their class 44 points to 24. The Bulldogs were really spirited, but as soon as Toby Sexton went off with that HIA, uh, yeah all the spark in their attack went so he's really added something to them in a game and a half and they've probably got more points than I thought they would finish the season off but they're gonna sort of give a few teams a shake they don't have great defense though um, which is interesting because Seraldo was sort of heralded for his defense when he was at Penrith Panthers. so I'm not sure if it's just personnel or whatever but Certainly they've got a bit of work to do there, but they're showing a bit of spirit, and they did against the Broncos. I think the Broncos just take the two points on the road. They were down on troops. Um, They showed their class. If there's one thing from the game that I'd take from it is Dean Mariner is a player to put in the Black Book for season 2024. It's my understanding that he'll probably start in the centres with Herbie Farmworth moving on. Uh, So, yeah, if he's not starting in the centres, he'll be there somewhere. So Dean Mariner is certainly one that I think a lot of super coaches will be starting with in 2024. 20, he is a very, very good player. Okay, let's have a look at a few of the scores. Jacob Preston, nice to get that barge over try there at the start for 79. Reed Marnie, 53. That looks a bit low. Um, these might have been before updates. I'll just see if I can check if that's updated for Reed Marnie. Nam 64. Yeah, so that's that's a bit more like it. So Preston 81, Reed Marnie, 64, uh, Blake Wilson is 22. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty disappointing for those that brought in Blake Wilson and and played him. I don't think many people would have played him, but they might have got caught with him as an alternate, um, emergency mm-hmm. auto emergency. Ah, uh, Brendan Piakura, eighty-six before updates, eighty-seven after updates. Yeah. It was a great AE score for some people who got it. I did see I think Desi Creek might have had just him sitting in his bench and he got him as an AE. So yeah, that's see when you get that, you've got to be pretty happy. Uh he played well, you know, hitting good holes. Uh he's gonna earn a fair bit of money. So from Twitter, Jay Schubert from Twitter, who we often thanks for um all the predictions that he does on Twitter, he predicts he'll rise about 48 and a bit K in price and have a break even of three. So he's a nice little earner there just to have on your bench. Um, you know, with a few buys coming up for different teams, you may have to play him on a certain week, depending on the makeup of your side. You know, he might be a bench player or, you know, you might have to slot him in as one of your three, two RFs. So if Yeah, if you picked up Brennan Piacura, you're probably disappointed with his output in the first couple of matches, but I think certainly he's going to be handy there on the edge and he looks pretty secure in his spot. Okay, second game of Super Saturday, the North Queensland Cowboys taking on the Seagulls at four points park at Manly. I thought this was a really high-quality game. Uh, The Cowboys took it out 19 points to eight in the end, so a bit of an unusual score there. They probably showed their class across the park. That was that was the difference in the end. Like, yeah, when you look at their list, I am yeah, I probably overlooked it a fair bit. I mean, I, I'm not a massive fan of um, Chad Townsend, I will say that. So um, I thought that might affect their chances. But he just manages the game quite well, and they've got a lot of strike there. And it probably just shows you, like, how well some of the players that they let go are going this year. Like, the Hammer, and Connolly Lemuelo, just to tell you how much depth they do have at the Cowboys. But they're absolutely humming at the moment, lots of confidence and momentum. I thought Manly played really spirited footy, uh, but they're missing Tommy, Tommy Turbo's class. They, they might be able to grind out some games, which is quite unmanly, like But, yeah, that, that they're going to be – they look like a team that's going to show up, particularly at home, and really fight really hard, and they're going to need to do that to win some games. But, uh, okay, having a look at a few of the coach scores, not too many players that are relevant for Manly. You've got Oluquatu, 54. I don't think too many people have him. DCE's a bit of a pod for a half play. I don't think too many people will go him at 47. Uh, Ruben Garrick, uh, actually, they might have been updated, those scores. I'm sorry. Did a little bit of this um, in preparation to get it out on Sunday night, so some of those scores might be slightly higher. Reuben Garrick updated 250, so that's a good score for Reuben Garrick. Um, Val Holmes just keeps delivering 93. Scotty Drinkwater as an owner, very happy with the 86. He was on about six at halftime, I think. Uh, Jeremiah Nanai, 68. He's that pod, he's that second row pod, but you're going to have to rely on attacking stats with him. Tommy Dearden, 54 solid, and Reese Robson, 46, for those who have him as a hooker or second hooker option there. So, yeah, there's a few there from the Cowboys who would be pretty good to hold on to. You have a look at the Cowboys draw. They've got Para. they've got Titans and Broncos um, in the next three games before they have the bye. And the last two of those games against the Queensland sides are day games. So you imagine there's going to be some attack in footy. So I think certainly Val Holmes and Scotty Drinkwater are solid holds, possibly even Nanai. I mean, you could look at a Valame or a Murray Talungi if that's the way you were looking to go. But, yeah, the cows look like they're going to force their way into the top eight. I haven't quite looked at the ladder yet, but they would be there and thereabouts and they're going to have a good finish to the season by the looks of it. Manly, on the other hand, they've got the Sharks, St. George, Roosters and Penrith. So if you look at that, sitting outside the top eight, they'd probably need to win three out of four or at least two to keep them in the race. I'd say three out of four to be a genuine chance of making the eight. And, you wouldn't give them too much chance against Penrith, depending on what side they put out. But I think they'll be pretty well full strength with Cleary coming back next week. So games against the Sharks, St George, and Roosters, I think they're all winnable. But certainly uh, they're going to need to really fight it out, and they're going to need Daly Cherry Evans and Ruben Garrick and their key key players really to come to the fore in those games. Okay, main game on Super Saturday and the Storm, yeah, they they took it out pretty comfortably, beating the Roosters 30 points to 16 at the SCG. It was a strange game in that the Roosters created so much opportunity but just couldn't capitalise because they're lacking confidence so much in the attack. So at one stage I was watching the telecast and I think the score was like 18-6 to the Storm and they put up the stat that, the Roosters were winning the line breaks 5-1. Um, that's pretty rare. You don't see that very often at all. So it's not entirely similar, but it does have some similarities, the Roosters, to the Cowboys' start of the season. Like, they are a really good list on paper and in real life. Like, I mean, they, they, they have got the quality there to definitely be a top eight side. So, <sighs> You know, do they come good like the Cowboys? The Cowboys just were playing without any confidence, and then something flicked the switch. They won a game and they went on an absolute tear. The Roosters could do something similar. I'm not sure how hard their draw is, but they're leaving their run pretty late. They're fair way down the ladder, and um, I, I'm not sure what's happening with Sammy Walker, but certainly they'd need that injection of it for, to their attack. But I did feel – I think that looking at it, they might even have to win six of their next – their last seven games. So it might just be a bridge too far for the Roosters. But you never know. They could go on a Cowboys-like tear. So keep it in mind. They probably – yeah, I feel like the wind flattered the storm a little bit. But they do do that at times. Like they, they win some games and you sort of look back and go, oh, you know, the other team probably – should have been closer, but anyway, that's just the way the Storm play and you know, full credit to him. So having a look at a few of the scores, again, I've got down the scores before they're updated, so I'll try and get on here and have a bit of a look. Joey Manu, nice updates, went from 67 to 79. I was pretty happy with that because I brought in Joey Manu. I thought, you know, playing fullback, he'd be a good chance of scoring up near the 100. A bit, little bit disappointed with the 79, but still, um, You know, showed some real class in that try assist there. Uh, Victor Radley was one that sort of piqued my interest playing on the edge. Uh, got 75 after updates. So I just thought he looked really good and dangerous uh, and had a lot of super coach potential. I mean, he plays on the edge, so it's going to be a risk if you're going to go for him. And he's about 530K to purchase after lockout. He's going to go up a little bit. But, yeah, I just feel like if you're looking for a super pod there, that Victor Radley might go okay to finish the season if they keep him in that edge back row role. Sort of seems to keep him out of a bit of trouble. He plays like He's actually pretty handy on the edge. He created a little bit, but uh, they just didn't finish it off. Harry Grant, 95. Yeah, really good charm from Harry. Once he gets those quick play of the balls, he's just reveling off the back of that. So uh, Nick Meaney, 72. Solid output there. Jerome Hughes, 77. You have to be happy with that if you're a Jerome Hughes owner and probably looking to go to Cleary, I'd say. Um, Although I'll talk a bit more about that later. I'm not sure that it's just a slam dunk that it has to be Hines and Cleary for the run home. And I think Desi Creek talking to him in the chat today, he's gonna to say you're mad. But I do think you could there's avenues there to do alternative. I think you've got to have one of those. I think you definitely gotta have Cleary. Nico Hines, even though he's such a good super coach player, they are coming into a tough, tougher draw. Um and yeah, he's down on a bit of confidence. He scored okay today, but um yeah, I don't know. I'd have to. I'll, I'll probably change my mind when I see the updates because Nico always goes from. I think he scored about seventy four. He'll probably go to about ninety. Somehow he just seems to pick up all these points on the updates that we don't see. So yeah, that'll be interesting. Uh okay. What else do we have there? Cam Munster updated to sixty five, which was handy, and Nelson off of Solomona forty nine. So pretty happy in the end that I decided against bringing in NASS, um in the front row. I just took the AE which was hard to do because I have Sonny Luke sitting there so it was a bit painful watching the Panthers game. I was just hoping he didn't get on because I was reading the rules and apparently if they don't get over zero then you don't get that AE. You, you move on to the next highest one and I think my next highest one was Connolly Lemuelu which is he'll probably update to about 80 um, so I would have been really happy with that but yeah, then he got on and, yeah, I think he put put up 11, Sonny Luke, but hopefully he gets some updates. Uh, yeah, just final wrap-up on the Storm Roosters game. I feel like Munster's a bit down on his involvement level but should pick up. I'm going to stick with him. He's, you know, bleeding a bit of cash, but it's Munster. He's going to come good sooner or later, I feel like. Um, you must have Harry Grant for the run home. I think that was pretty clear. And I spoke about Radley.
0: G'day guys and girls, Tim Williams here from SC Playbook. Very stoked to have partnered up with Sequel for the 2023 NRL footy season. Gareth and his team, you might have been sitting there this weekend. You wake up on Monday morning and go... You know, i spent a little bit too much on the punt. The bank account's taken a bit of a hit. That Sunday evening game at 4pm, you put a same-game multi on the first try, score bet to go with the rest of your punts from the weekend. And thought, you know what, I might be getting a little out of hand with my punting this weekend and starting to get out of control with it. It doesn't matter. You've got a team here to help you out with Gareth and his team. So flicker an email at gareth.w at sequel. that's dot lorgau Give them a buzz on 02 9559 4013 or flick them a message on Instagram at Sequel Gambling. That is Sequel Gambling, all one word. Lovely team, great group of people. Free and confidential. We've had plenty of SC Payable listeners get in touch with them right now already. So uh, don't ignore it. Get in touch and fix your gambling. Cheers.
1: Okay, on to Sunday, which was a super Sunday with the three games. And, yeah, finally the Warriors got a day game with a dry track in front of their home fans to show off their attacking style of footy. So they started off – I wouldn't say they started off really slow. I thought it was a high-quality game, very, very physical, and the Sharks and the Warriors were really going at it. And I felt like the Sharks had won – They were winning the battle on the ground. They were getting up really quick, rolling the ruck, and the Warriors were hanging on. They scored that try to Nico Hines just on the back of rolling the ruck there and um, looked like it could have been a big day for Nico, but he didn't do too much after that. But, yeah, the Warriors just exploded with about a – it was was maybe a nine- or ten-minute burst of attacking footy led by Sean Johnson. So he had two try assists in between. He had a 40-20. And they had a crowd of twenty five just getting on the back of them. Led the game twenty two six at half time. Went on within the second half. So the Sharks put up a bit of a fight for a period of time. Like they're they're a side that can go good for periods, but they don't seem to be able to sustain it across a full game. And that was really evident in this game. Like the Warriors just held them, held them, and then when the Sharks dropped off, the Warriors just kept going, which was. Really promising for the Warriors because, like, they're a massive chance when we look at their draw of pushing for a top four spot, you know, which means, you know, they're definitely guaranteed then of getting <laughs> a home semifinal at some stage. So what I got from the game is, I mean, Moylan is the big question mark for the Sharks. I mean, he got worked over. They worked him over to Lux. Like, the Warriors, they're... They had they went with this really good shape where they had two lead runners run, running really tight basically that they were running left shoulder right shoulder and Moylan. so and then out the back they would have a really deep um nickel clock stad. and for the first try they they bit in and they skinned them for numbers so they went out and uh, watini lesniacs finished it off the second try which was a oh, beautiful footy, is they hit Rocco Berry. Um, Sean Johnson hit Rocco Berry on the face ball and he was just running a beautiful line. Uh, they'd turned Moylan in, he hit his outside shoulder and the outside man had not committed in enough to stop him. So really good try there. And they're playing some good footy, the Warriors. They're throwing some good shapes at teams. so I feel like they're legit contenders. And on the flip side, I feel like the Sharks are pretenders. And I'm not sure how the end of their season is going to go, whether they're going to scrape into the eight um, and not really be relevant or, you know, just actually take a dive and fall out of the eight altogether. So having a look at a few of their scores, a few of those scores from today, uh, SJ131. So awesome performance from Sean Johnson. Got a bit of a question about him later, whether he's a hold or whether he is a sell to clear it. Uh then AFB 97, typical AFB performance, powerhouse performance, um, nice crash over tries, just so hard to handle. DWZ, couple of tries there, great finisher, uh 95. It, again, he's a bit of a pot option. The, the Warriors are coming into a really good part of the, of the season where they play the teams in the bottom eight, so it's not with with beyond the realms of possibility to bring in a player like uh, Dallin Martini Zalesinac and back him to score, you know, one or two tries a game and average maybe you know seventy five to eighty over that period of time, which wouldn't be a bad return for you. Charles Nickel Klockstad, again, he's another one, 90. Um, you know, generally, if Dallin Martini's a Lesniak scoring, then it's going to be uh, Charles Nickel Klockstad or Sean Johnson. But more likely than not, C&K will be the one setting him up. So he's going to get some points there. So if you have him, uh, he's fairly expensive. Uh, not a bad proposition. Wade Egan, 62. Genuine proposition for a second hooker option. That could be a play uh, over this period of time. Having a look at a few of the Sharkies, uh, Britton Akora, I think he got uh, 84. Uh, Nico Hines, 74. Uh, yeah, good scores. I mean, Nico would have been pretty disappointed, Nico owners and those that captain him because he was on, well, I don't know, he was over 50 after about, Ten minutes, uh, he got he got a try and and got you know held up in goal and, and a conversion, and, um, a repeat set. So yeah, he just accumulates like that, Nico. So you, it'd be really dangerous to leave him out. But then in saying that, Sean Johnson's playing so well. I mean, and with the run that they're about to go on, some of the sometimes these are the risks you got to take in SuperCoach. So I'm really really tossing that up. Really, really tossing up what I'm gonna do with that halfback position. Uh Ronaldo Mulatalo, twelve. So very disappointing for those people that brought him. I brought him in last week and yeah, had that shocker of a game, expecting him to go a lot better against West Tigers, but it all went out to Katoa. And then I cut my losses this week. I just traded him. I just felt like he wasn't a player that I really liked to bring in. I was just following the crowd a little bit, which i sort of a bit dirty on myself for doing because I think in Supercoach, he shouldn't really do that. But I did it on this occasion, but I think I rectified my mistake, So I've traded him straight back out. I feel like the run that the Sharks are about to go on, he might have a bit of a dry patch. A couple of low scores in a row now as well. Uh, Sioni Kato, I thought he was really good. I thought he was probably close to the best player for the Sharks. A lot of tackle breaks, put up a 52. See for Talakai, 21, that's a bit disappointing for owners there. He was pretty quiet. The Warriors had a lot of the ball in those periods where they were dominant and they were testing him out. Yeah, I think some of these Warriors players, like I spoke about, you've got to give serious consideration about them for super Coach in the run home. You know, your AFB, your CNK, WDZ, uh, Sean Johnson, Wade Egan, these sort of players, even some of the sort of lesser name players like a Mitch Barnett is playing really good footy. It's Just got to wait and see how it works out because Murata near has got to come back from suspension, so where he fits in. But, yeah, it's a really strong side at the moment. Metcalf's playing great footy. So if you look at their run home with their draw, they've got Canberra, then they've got the bye, which you, have to, you need to be aware of if you've got too many Warriors, that so they do have the bye coming up. So Canberra, they play them at home. Then the buy, then they play Gold Coast, West, Manly, Saint George, and Dolphins. So those last five games after the bye are all against bottom eight teams. Not bad. Not a bad matchup. Uh, on the flip side, the Sharks draw is Manly, Panthers, Souths, Gold Coast, North Queensland Cowboys, Knights, and Raiders. So there's a bit of a mix there, but there's probably four top eight sides and three bottom eight sides. So depending on how you think they'll go um, and given their record against top eight sides, yeah, I'm tending to fade some of these Sharks players. That's that's what I'm thinking. But have I got the courage to fade someone like Nico Hines? Ooh, big call. Okay, on to the second game on Sunday, Dolphins versus the Titans. The Panthers, uh, sorry, Dolphins versus the Panthers. Uh, the Panthers taking it out 24 points to 14. That was at KO Stadium in Redcliffe. Uh, I thought the Dolphins tried hard. They really put up a good effort and they seem to have found a bit of a second wind in this season. They look like they were cooked, but they might put up some really good efforts, particularly at home. I'm not sure on the road. I think they might copper a, a few lacings on the road, but I think at home. They'll really bridge up for it and there's been a few personnel changes and that's helping them out a little bit as well. But on the flip side, like the Panthers, man, they're so good. Just like they had so many of their players out with Origin or, you know, Cleary was – they left Cleary for another week, which was pretty smart, but they just believe in their systems and they're so patient and they're, yeah, they're they're putting up a really good show to go back to back to back. So we'll see how that plays out. Okay, have a look at some of the scores. Connolly Lemuelu, 73. That's pretty impressive. He sort of had a bit of a renaissance. I was going to get rid of him a couple of weeks ago. He was bleeding cash. But now he's, you know, put on a couple of tries. That was pretty pretty freakish try. What he did there with the kick through, maybe a little bit of luck. But two tries in two weeks and two good scores. Um, Hamaso Fado, 52. with Another try... Jermaine Asako, a little bit down on what he normally does, but still 38s, nothing to sneeze at on a down week where he didn't score much. So, I mean, owners wouldn't be too unhappy. He wouldn't be rushing to press the red trade button. But, yeah, Um, he's not a player I want to bring in. But in saying that, what he's done for owners, he's probably not a player that you really would want to trade out too quickly. Uh, You have to probably show him a little bit of loyalty and have a good look at what the Dolphins draw is coming up, I think. Valence Tavare, 23, probably relevant because a number of people would have had him as an AE there, so not great. I thought he It was interesting. They put him on the wing. Yeah, I mean, they still found him there. They still found him. The young Jenkins scored two tries, I think, two or three tries, But um, and, and Tungo. Uh, scored a couple of tries as well. So he's going to get a fair bit of traffic his way. He's a big body and he's just learning how to play NRL. But, um yeah, well, I was interested to see. They didn't name him, but then they brought him in on the wing. Uh For the Panthers, Isaac Tungo, 98. Just thinking about the Wheat Dog. Brought him in. Inspired choices a pod. So good work by the Wheat Dog there. Uh, Sonny Taruva, geez. He's not getting a lot of luck. He was probably just odds-on to score a try and then Luai threw a pretty ordinary pass. And just a a lot of things don't go his way. I mean, he's playing inside these centres that rarely pass the ball to him, so that doesn't really help. But, um, yeah, 31, pretty disappointing. He's a trade-out for me. He's just bleeding cash at the moment. Just doesn't seem to be in that system that the winger scored that many tries. I mean, yeah, it's a strange one. And then Sonny Luke, oh, as an AE, just haunting me, absolutely haunting me. And I know a lot of people have him too. I just haven't been able to get him out of my side. It's just a dead trade just to go him to enough. But oh, I was just hoping that he would get knocked out of that um, Penrith side somehow. I know they gave him a break for a couple of weeks. but And then it got so close to the end, I was just hoping that he didn't get on. but. He got on, hopefully, upgrades. He was involved with a couple of those tries, maybe some try contributions, maybe a try assist. It's hard to know. They're pretty subjective. How they? That's more the spies area than mine, but we'll see how that goes. But, yeah, he got 11. I'm hoping he can update to about maybe 20, 25, 30. Just get me home in a couple of head-to-heads that I'm really close in, waiting for some updates to get through. We'll see how we go. Okay, coming in fresh off the last game, the Eels and the Titans. It was a cracker at Combank, uh, so 25 points to 24, the Eels taken. It was a frenetic game. Like The pace of the game was unreal and a lot of fatigue in the game, particularly I thought the Parry Eels did pretty well given they had to play a lot of t- – uh, like 10 minutes, well, maybe about eight minutes with 11 players versus 13. They did give up two tries, but – they were able to get themselves back into the game right on halftime. Uh, it was 14 all, and then there was a penalty to the Titans on halftime and the, the second half was really, really good as well. So, um, yeah, but the two Sinbin, Sebo for the high shot, legitimate Sinbin, RCG, he could be in some big trouble there. It didn't It just looked like, you know, you, you've got to have more care for your players than just dropping two knees in, coming down with that sort of force. He could be like three or four weeks for that depending on what his record is. Um, that was a bad one. Probably lock- lucky not to get sent off. So, but well done to the Eels. Um, yeah, that's the type of win that they would expect. Oh, I thought they might at the start when I was 12-0. I just thought that they might put an absolute clinic on. But obviously their Eel discipline changed the game a fair bit and the Titans are scrappy, you know. They came back into it and... Um, you know, on the back of Tino and Dave Fafita was playing really good footy and Jaden Campbell. Uh, I know Brimson's got to come back into that side, but Jaden Campbell, he's too good to be playing off the bench or reserve grade. He just um, he has a crack every time and he's so slippery, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Right, let's have a look at a few of them. these scores coming fresh off the press. Bryce Cartwright, 87 for the Eels. Just marveling at the evolution of him as a player. Brad Arthur, you've got to give him this. Anyone who goes to Parramatta gets tougher. He must be a tough man because he's toughened up Mitchell Moses and how his defense, which was once something that he really struggled with, is, I, I dare say, is like some of the best defense of a halfback in the game. You know, you've got Cleary, he's probably not right at that level, but. He certainly rips in and puts his body on the line, put a few shots on Dave Fafita in that game that were very impressive. Mm. Uh, Also, yeah, and, and, you know, Bryce Cartwright, he's just evolved. Like, he's just putting his body on the line, um, which was, you know, always a bit of a question mark over him. He played in a bit of a dinner suit for a back rower. But he's done his time there and... Um, Brad Arthur's made him work for it, and I reckon he's developing into a really, really good player. So, yeah, it's good to see. Uh, okay, let's have a look. Who else? Uh, Hopgood 60 hopefully updates a bit for owners, but everyone's got him, so he's not overly relevant there. Uh, Gutherson48 got that try, bit of a controversial try, actually, whether it was a try or not, but um, I think it was. I think it was. Um, not much else there. Um, Mitchy Moses, some people might have had him. I think he's probably not a hold, Mitchy Moses. He got 44, and you'd probably be looking to go to a Cleary or, you know, I think most people have Nico Hines, maybe an SJ if you if were going to go against Cleary, but basically it's going to be Mitchy Moses to Cleary. Okay, for the Titans, Tanner Boyd, 93. That's a good score. Luffy Camperer, a couple of tries, 66. Uh, Tino. Didn't play a lot of minutes, but punched out at 59. Probably updates pretty well too, I'd say. Uh, a few offloads in there. Dave Fafita, 52. I thought he was a little bit down on involvement. Um, there was talk he had a bit of a hip problem or a lower back problem, so that might have affected him. But uh, as a non-owner, I was pretty happy with that. But, yeah, I don't want to be a non-owner for too much longer. He's going to be one that I'll, I'll try and bring in. I might not be able to get him next week if I go to Cleary. But, um, yeah, I'm going to have to have a good look at that one there. So, yeah, that's it. Uh, we do have one question here. So I'm just going to grab that question. Yeah, that question has come through from the Supercoach boy. As an SC, as an SJ owner and in form, BE will be about 30-odd. So I think his break-even before the game was about 154 and he got 131 before updates. Cleary's is 150. Cleary has the dogs. Do we go now or do we wait? So that's the question coming through from the SC Spy. And my response to that is I think you need to get Cleary in. But is there a way you could have SJ and Cleary? That is Nico Hines, a solid hold above SJ. That's what you need to consider, given the runs that are coming up. So it's a tough one because, you know, SJ gets a game against Canberra um, in New Zealand. Now, I'm not 100% sure what time that game is. If it's a day game, oh, it's very tempting to hold him but it's a 6 o'clock game, so that's an 8 o'clock Auckland time on a Friday, so it's a night game, which probably doesn't help his scoring ability. The, the, it's pretty hard to score over there a bit the Jew and that sort of thing uh, if it's not a day game. So that's not ideal. And then Nico gets uh, the Seagulls in a day game at Points Bet Stadium. Oh, that's that. That'd be tough. Then, then you've got the buy for the Warriors, and you'd have the Sharks taking on the Panthers at BlueBet Stadium. So that's not too bad. That's not too bad there. But in terms of SJ, I think if you're going to keep him, it can't it can't be at the sacrifice of Cleary. I think Cleary's a must trade in. You you must get him in. They've held him off. They've held him off. He's obviously fit. Get him into your team at all costs and do some deep diving into who your second halfback is and how you're going to go. You know, maybe you have to put up with those two weeks. Like, you know, maybe SJ, you might get a 50 next week and, you know, you might lose 50 points to Nico there, but, You know, how much is Nico going to score against the Panthers um, when they're playing the Panthers at Bluebet Stadium in Penrith? You know, maybe he only gets a 50 and you can put up a reserve player who can match that. I think it really depends on that because, like, if you look at the last five games, I mean, that the Warriors have got, it's very, very tempting to hang on to SJ. And, you know, you'd imagine they're going to score some points. He's a goal kicker. And then the Sharks, they don't have as good a run. I know it sounds crazy, but it's something that I'm seriously considering. So we'll see. You've got a bit of a week to ponder on it, and we'll see how we go. Thanks for listening in, and we'll catch you next week on the SC Playbook Weekly Wrap.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.